Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety, take their power back, and learn how to create a truly beautiful life. Each week, I'm speaking with amazing individuals who are experts in the field of entrepreneurship, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, sex, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a mom, a blogger, and a certified health coach. I'm obsessed with personal growth and change, and I've helped women all around the world regain alignment with what they truly value in life and remove the blocks preventing them from living their life to the fullest. If you're ready to stop living a half-life and move fully into your power, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to episode 48 of the Motherhood Unstressed podcast. I honestly can't believe we're on episode 48 already. This has been such a wild ride. I've enjoyed it immensely. I'm so grateful for the amazing guests that have been on the show thus far. And I'm even more grateful for you, the listener. And, you know, the show has grown so much uh, each and every week it grows exponentially and it's because people like you are sharing it you know you hear something it resonates with you and you share it with a friend so I just want to say from the bottom of my heart thank you it's much appreciated uh, it lets me know that I'm doing the right thing and I'm going to keep bringing you excellent content each and every week like this week I want to get into my guest for this week her name is Joe Encarnacion you might know her better as Go Fit Joe on Instagram um, she's a life coach. She's an amazing woman. She's such an inspiration. And today we're talking about releasing overwhelm and redefining health and happiness on your terms. Um, you're going to love her. She's very real. She's very authentic. And just the way that she is in her life uh, is inspirational. It really gives everyone permission to truly be themselves and love themselves just as you are right now in this moment. So I hope you love this episode. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD Supplements. Guys, I am so excited to announce by the end of September, I will be releasing my own line of CBD supplements. And I chose this as my first foray into having a product because it works. CBDs are so close to my heart. And my whole message is one of you know, stress relief, anxiety relief, and, you know, finding what we can do through meditation, through journaling. And so I wanted to add in another tool in that toolbox for you. And I've also added in ashwagandha and green tea extract into the capsules and you can add it uh, into your smoothies or you can just take them. Um, there's no messy oil, like a lot of CBD oils out there. Um, it's really going to be a daily practice for allowing you to be less stressed and be less anxious and feel like you really can conquer the world because you can. This episode is also sponsored by the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. This is the school that I went to. This is the school that Joe went to. Um, so many amazing people out there doing amazing things attended the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, or IIN, and it's because it's the best. They have the best lectures. They have the best content. Uh, you're going to learn over 100 dietary theories, but it's not just about nutrition. It's about so much more than that. It's about relationships and career and spirituality and really being able to connect with others. They teach you um, that aspect, which is really crucial if you're going to be helping others. But they also teach you business skills and marketing and everything that goes into running a successful business. So they really are the best out there right now. And if you mention my name, Elizabeth Carlisle, when you go on the discovery call, 
um, you will get, I think it's $1,000 off of your tuition. So it's an insane deal. So you definitely remember to mention my name. Um, if you want to see what a class would look like, you can head on over to my website at motherhoodunstressed.com. I also have a sample curriculum up there. So if you're not sure, if you're kind of thinking about it, you know you're passionate about health and wellness, but you're just not sure you want to dive in yet, just head on over to my website, check out the free class, check out the curriculum guide, and make the decision for yourself um, because I guarantee that if you do it, it's one that you're not going to regret. Well, hey, Joe, welcome to the show. I am so excited that you're here. I have been following your journey on Instagram for a while now, and you are so inspirational and so amazing. So thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Oh my God, thank you for having me. I am so honored. I'm actually feeling really giddy about this because I, I don't know, I love podcast interviews. I love tell-alls. <laughs> They're kind of fun. <laughs> There's something really special about it. Absolutely. So why don't you um, just start by giving our audience a little bit of context about you and your journey from, you know, just basic, like a regular mom doing her thing to just this fitness inspiration named, you know, one of the top 20 new health and wellness role models by Ariana Huffington. I mean, that's major. So why don't you take us through your journey? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, my name is Joe. I live in SF Bay Area. And uh, before blogging and before my entire wellness journey, um, I was actually working in tech at an art and tech startup called Visco. Um, a lot of people know it as uh, Visco, who creates the app um, that does all the photo editing and whatnot. And uh, while working there, um, I just was becoming super, super overwhelmed with life and going through another stage of anxiety and depression. Um, and for being a mom of two daughters, I think, and just the pressures of society, the, the pressures of also feeling overwhelmed and not knowing oneself gets very... Um, I want to say self-destructive and I say self-destructed with like grace because I knew that I was causing the self-destruction of feeling self-doubt and feeling overwhelmed and um, unloved by myself. And a lot of that was due to the fact that I didn't make room to take care of my own personal needs, which was my health and well-being. And so that's actually when my health journey began um, about five years ago, I decided that I just was tired of being tired. Um, and so I took a leap of faith in trying something completely new in order to heal my anxiety and depression and started looking to exercise and wholesome nutrition and nourishing my body in a way that I had never really done in my adult life. Um, and so that like set me on this course of um, my entire health journey, which turned into an Instagram account of just documenting my fitness journey and my progress and really just journaling my evolution and transformation, I think of like my mindset, right? Like, and this belief system that I'm now cultivating and creating within me into a blog and now into my new career of being a health and life coach um, and leaving kind of like the tech world behind and really just finding ways to empower women to redefine what health means for them and taking the power back from what we believe health is supposed to look like into now cultivating this idea of what modern day health looks like for a modern day woman. So that's kind of the gist of it in a nutshell. I think that's so beautiful. I mean, so many times you hear of these inspirational people who 
are helping so many people because they went through something so gnarly, basically, you know, they had to do their own internal work. They had to struggle. They had to fight to really get to where they are. And then through that, they can inspire so many others. So I absolutely think that that's what you're doing. And you do it in such a way that, like I said to you earlier, before we started recording, like it really cuts through all of the noise on Instagram because there's so many, you know, wonderful people out there doing this and going through all these transformations. But it's like you have found such a way to communicate your journey and your really your core mission to an audience that really like touches people and speaks to people like you're so vulnerable and so authentic in almost every single post. I mean, how do you really bring that out of yourself day in and day out? Because I think that's what's really hard for a lot of people to really share and show who they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Thank you. <laughs> what, what you just described was actually really powerful for me to hear too. So I appreciate that. Um, I think uh, I was actually having this conversation with my husband last night and I was telling him that to the very core of who I am, I, I've always seen myself as kind of a wild woman, um, a woman who has very, very deep rooted morals, but also doesn't like the rules and doesn't like things that feel as if they're an obligation. Um, And so I think even when I was a young child um, and, you know, I've I've experienced my own darkness when I was in um, an adolescent, like I, I dealt with depression at such an early age. I've dealt with really, really dark stories of just, you know, sexual abuse and whatnot younger. And so I think there's a lot of, a lot of the internalizing work and the work that you talked about of what I've done has like started at such a young age. But because of that, I think like I have always been able to see myself as a person that just needs to stand in my truth and like believe in my truth and speak my truth. Because for me, I I think I know that I don't live my best self or live my best life when I'm not living my truth, whether it's an ugly truth or whether it's a beautiful truth based on whatever society believes something is or isn't. I just think it's just truth. And I think truth is so beautiful and vulnerable and it doesn't need to be labeled good or bad. It's just truth. And what you do with it is a choice. So I think like in terms of, you know, seeing that vulnerability or living that vulnerability, it's really being honest with yourself um, which can be hard for a lot of people facing some of those are, are really difficult. But I think when you can face them without labeling some of these quote unquote flaws as good or bad, I think that's when we can look at them and grow with them. Well, I think that's a really important point to make. Like, instead of just jumping to, oh, you know, this is bad, or this is, this is going to be judged, like really just sitting with it and being okay with it and, and sitting with, you know, being uncomfortable with whatever comes up. I mean, that's really empowering. I mean, that alone. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? It's funny. I, I was telling my husband yesterday, I'm like, you know, I've always been a wild woman, which also then means like for me, motherhood or marriage were never um, things I strived for when I was younger. Mm. You know, like they're not like these there were never these pictures of what would make me a whole woman. Like I didn't ever believe that I needed to be married to be whole or that I needed to like become a mom to be a whole woman. And so even in that mindset, I approach those with like, I choose to be married. I choose to be a mom. I can also choose to walk away from both of these things, but it's so much more empowering when you can say, I choose this over X, Y, Z, this. Absolutely. So in choosing to move towards fitness and health, um, 
What was that moment like for you? Was it like, okay, I'm going to just get on this crazy crash diet or I'm going to get into this competition or what was, what was that moment like when you decided to take a turn towards health and fitness? Uh, yeah, so that moment was, there was like multiple layers in that, but, um, kind of just going back to what, how I mentioned, I was, you know, dealing with depression and whatnot. Um, I dealt with depression when I was like 15, I actually attempted suicide at 15. And that was kind of like this wake up call of this mental illness that I knew I was going to be grappling with. Um, when I was starting to feel overwhelmed as an adult and I was 29 when this happened, I just remember like, oh my God, some of these like dark thoughts are coming back Mm. and I can't be a mom and I cannot be the woman I want to model with my children if I cannot figure out this side of me and have control over this side of me. Um, I had lived with like dealing with or using antidepressants when I was younger and it just was not something I wanted to do as an adult because I just wanted to be able to feel my emotions and process them in a way that I could just, you know, go through the darkness in a sense to like find the light. And so I just, you know, I I did research and I, I know that from like all the things that we read about with health and eating nourishing foods would help improve your mental health. It was one of those things where I kind of looked at it like, ah, no, that can't be the case, but you know what? Like maybe let's give it a shot. Mm. And so um, I uh, decided to hire a health coach at that time and she helped me figure out what it meant to nourish my body in a way, in a proper way, um, to taught me how to meal prep and taught me how to um, eat better, so, so to speak. I never had like a negative, re- a negative relationship with food. I, I wasn't ever like an emotional eater um, to cope, to using food to cope with anything. I just, just didn't know the fundamentals of what health eating look like. And so when I was able to understand what that meant to look like for me, it kind of just like one thing led to another. And then I started to compete because I was, I was so, I was so in awe of the ability that I had to finally make changes, not only with my mind, but like with my physical body and my appearance that I was like, holy shit, what's next? Like, what can I do? What can I do next if I continue on? And so I decided to compete, uh, but in competing bodybuilding competitions, I had also realized that this was not healthy also. Like this was not a part of, this wasn't a part of being healthy. Like it was an obsession. Hmm. Um, it became a obsession of having to change outward appearances, a constant catching up and making sure that your body or aesthetics were, you know, up to someone else's standards. And I remember like competing, you know, and I felt really empowered. I felt amazing. I felt great, but coming out of it now and looking back now, I just, I I can see where the obsession started and how it started and where it began. Um, And then, so I started really just, you know, the last like two to three years, really looking at my health and believing that health in general is, more than just how you nourish your body and how you move your body, but it's about the relationships you cultivate with the people around you. It's about the work that fulfills your life from day to day, Um, your connectivity to yourself and to the people around you. And then it's about how you nourish yourself and how you move. So yeah, it's been a wild kind of um, journey, but I think ultimately those have just been tools to really help me discover 
how I tick, you know? Mm, it was just so important. I mean, I feel like once you figure that aspect out, like everything else changes for the better. It's like, yeah. okay, I see certain triggers or I see certain things that, you know, I, I need to work on or this happens and I know I'm going to do this. But once you're aware of it, then you can choose option B, you know, you can go a different way. For sure. For sure. I think like healthy eating and exercise just gave me the opportunity to build awareness within my physical body and how to connect the two of just like, oh, right. If I feed myself better, oh, my mind feels better. I have more clarity. And that's really funny. That's interesting. <laughs> like who would have thought? Who would have thought it was that simple? Um, but you know, I get it. It's like really hard in a busy life to think about some of those bare personal needs, right? I love that you just said that because as I said before, a lot of the listeners here are, you know, moms and certainly a lot are women. So can you um, kind of take us through where do you think people get it wrong the most when it comes to fitness and nutrition? Uh, I think sometimes in terms of like fitness and nutrition, I think, you know, ultimately we look at those two things and we use those as tools to change something. And for the most part, Society says these things are going to change us physically. I mean, there's so many magazines out there. I've got like a couple on, on my desk right now that's like the ads and the headlines of the articles are like, fix your abs fast with these types of food. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, so-and-so got her pre-baby body back within like six weeks. And, you know, like all these things where it's like we place so much focus on the physical side that really, I think in order to see transformation, whatever that transformation might be, we really need to go past all that and figure out what's going on on like the heart level or the soul level or like the mind level and work through some of those pieces in order to cultivate that harmony that I think all of us are looking for when it comes to health, healthy living and healthy thriving, you know? Man, I could not agree with you more on that. And so for me, like, obviously meditation was crucial in getting to like the core of, you know, why I had an eating disorder or why, you know, I had an unhealthy relationship with food. I mean, that for me was such a wake up call. So what would you recommend to our listeners who want to, you know, they want to have a good relationship with them, their bodies and their minds and their spirits. What would you say to them to start doing today to kind of get in better alignment and to figure out what's really going on? I think a lot of it is, um, you know, I, uh, one of my first exercises that I work with with my clients when it comes to the women I coach is um, we look at their value system. And the reason why I, I look specifically on their value system is because I think in order for us to change behavior or to change a lifestyle, we have to understand what it is that we value in this change that we're seeking. Mm -hmm. Is it a value that was given to us by society? Is it a value that was given to us by our mom or our dad or the people that we surround ourselves with? And then once we understand where these values are, then we can say, huh, that may have actually never have been a value of mine. Like being skinny may have never been a value of mine. So who the hell told me that to be skinny equals being healthy mm. or losing weight means this or having a small waist means that I'm worth it. Um, and so I think once we understand kind of where these limiting belief systems have been built is when we can really dive deeper into seeking how to change those things. And I think similarly to you, mindfulness and meditation 
has really helped me to understand the relationship I have with my own body. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always dealt with body image issues ever since I was growing up. And actually right now, even I'm trying to explore and do some research on um, Southeast Asian Americans and or even Asian American women who have had body image issues because of just cultural and generational upbringing. Like for me, for example, you know, I remember being a child and a young girl and aunts or uncles would constantly like say something about my weight, whether I was like too skinny or getting a little chubby or, you know, oh, look at this. Oh, you must be happy. Like you're gaining weight. And it was always like, why are we placing value on that? Right. Why does that equal something for me? Why, why does me getting weight equal me being happy or, you know, like me being thin, like it, it just, it was one of those things where I'm like, I need to remove this. I need to remove this idea that my body image is actually part of my self-worth. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of it is just mindfulness and understanding where we, where these belief systems come from. Man. So in raising two daughters, I mean, has that been more awakening for your own journey or have you been really like aware of what you say to them and how you interact with them about their bodies? So my biggest aha moment also with my fitness journey and what kind of got me on this was actually, um, my eldest daughter now is 14, but when she was nine, her and I were getting ready um, for like a Sunday brunch. And she looked at me and she was like, mom, you are so beautiful. And I like turned and looked at her and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm ugly and fat in the same way that, you know, you and I would probably jokingly talk about our bodies as we're in the dressing room or whatever. So it wasn't like I snapped at her, but I definitely was like, no, I'm not. I'm ugly and fat. And the look on her face is like one I will never forget because it's as if I ripped apart this truth that she held on about who I am to her. Mm. Like I am her queen. I am this like most beautiful creature. She looks up to me and here I'm tearing myself down right in front of her. And I remember, um, I remember like that was when I had realized, holy shit, like we really need to be as women, we really need to be mindful of the conversations we're having about ourselves in front of our kids and in front of young girls and young boys even too, I think like, because they will pick it up and they will start to believe that these conversations are something that we hold a lot of weight to. Right. And, um, it was one of those things where I just remember like, man, she's nine and she is about to go through her own bodily changes Mm -hmm. and not understand where she's, why things are growing, why things are smelling. Girls are going to start comparing because that's when they understand their bodies look different. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just had to, I had to change that and reshape that conversation and dialogue I was having within myself. Wow. I got chills when you were talking about that because I feel like that's so important. Like someone listening to this right now has just been made aware that, God, you really, really, really have to be careful. And I have two boys and you're absolutely right. Like how we talk about ourselves and how we interact, you know, with our spouse in, you know, every single second, like they're watching, you know, like nothing, you think that they're not, but they so are. I mean, it's so terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the thing is too, it's like, you know, I think about that and I, and I think to myself, like if my daughter was to say things like, Oh, I don't like my legs or I don't like, you know, I don't like the way my eyes look and you know, whatever. It's almost like, God, who told you that that was 
not beautiful or not right? Or, or who told you that something was wrong about this perfect little thing that you are at such a young age, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think, you know, again, like we've seen this quote so many times all over the internet about just, you know, in a world and a society that thrives off of constantly fixing ourselves, like we need to really define what's beauty to us. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's so important. It's so important. It starts in the home and it starts in the conversations that we have with kids. Oh, totally. I love that you just said that. Um, and so, I mean, A, bringing awareness to it, I think is super empowering. But mm. B, it's like, how do people start? I mean, I, why do you think that it's so hard for people to get to a place of self-acceptance and love and, and positivity? I mean, is it because it's uncomfortable? What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, I think I think it's uncomfortable. I think I think at the end of the day, too, um, there's a lot of fear, you know, the fear of not fitting in fear of not being enough. I think at the end of the day, fear is the, the biggest thing that holds us back from discovering ourselves. It hold, fear holds us back from trying something new, from wanting to express ourselves in whatever way we want to express ourselves. So you know, I think in the end of the day, fear is the biggest thing that really holds us back. And, and it could be multiple things, right? Like you mentioned, you know, is it, is it being uncomfortable with a thought process? Yeah, could be that. But like, why is there a fear around being uncomfortable? Mm. Because we're taught that being uncomfortable is wrong, right? Or we're taught that being uncomfortable means that something isn't right. Um, and again, it goes back to unlabeling and unlearning, like what is right and what is wrong and really defining our own reasonings and truths behind those things. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that it's a really hard process. I mean, personal change is one of the hardest things that anyone can do, but it's like, what's the end result? You know, would you rather just have things be the same or would you rather have a beautiful life? Would you rather have, you know, complete self-expression and really to be seen, I think is something that everybody wants. I mean, truly down to the core, we all just want to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the hardest part too, right? Like what is this beautiful life too? You know, and again, it goes back to, can we take the self-empowerment back to define what this beautiful life means like for us? Like, I think, you know, I think it's important that, especially now with like social media and all this, all social media making everyone else's lives so accessible. It's really important that we build a stronger sense of self so that we don't get stuck in these, oh my God, I want her life. Mm -hmm. I want what he has. I want what he has. Oh my God. Like, their family life looks so perfect. And, and I think that's why also I'm so transparent about some of the pitfalls of marriage and hardships of motherhood, because I became a mom at 21 and nobody around me, as far as my friends go, were having kids at 21, like I was. Um, but I was also, I had to like, I had to almost shield myself from all these other ideals, ideas of what mom motherhood or or moms were supposed to do and what they were supposed to look like because I already knew like that's that's not my case at this moment um and doing that had been a practice of just really defining what all of these pieces of my life were supposed to look like for me I love that it's almost like what you said before though you are you don't like rules you don't you kind of are that wild woman so it's almost like your personality enabled you to to have that idea about yourself and no like no one else is doing this but that's okay like I'm okay 
Yeah. Yeah. And I still grapple through it. I mean, there's definitely, you know, I haven't gotten rid of all of the self-doubt yet. Right. So like there are moments where I grapple still between this, like, can I have no rules and be this wild gypsy woman? But like, how do I do that? But I'm still this modern day, like tech badass. Right. So it's like, (laughs) that's why like, I always, I like laugh because whenever people asked me to describe myself I'm like uh I'm a modern day soul seeker I'm kind of hippie but like like I'm hippie with tech (laughs) (laughs) I love that I love that no but kind of like turning more towards mindset I'm always really interested in highly successful people and and their mindset and kind of like the daily practice that they set up for themselves to be successful so kind of take us through your morning routine and the mindset that you prepare for yourself to have a great day I, uh, so my mornings, I try really, really, really hard to start my mornings with at least five minutes of meditation and quietness. Um, I, I I actually aim for 10. Um, I, I go through and use this like app called yoga glow, which I've been really obsessed with lately. And, um, there's this program, a course called I don't meditate, which I love because it's like, (laughs) Like, like meditation has been really new to me. Like that's been something that arrived in my life maybe three years ago and, and really has been such a powerful tool of understanding myself and understanding my thoughts and being able to control and manipulate them in the way that feels best for me, right? And so I do my best to try to meditate um, in the morning, 10 minutes a day. And I do my best to try to honor like this magic hour in the morning where I don't immediately jump onto my phone to see what's going on and what people are up to. Um, And at that moment, while I'm meditating and really just focusing on my breath, I visualize what my day could feel like, not what it's supposed to look like, but what it feels like for me. How do I move freely within my day? How do I live my life? How do I how do I show up in all the spaces that I need to, even my tasks of what I need to do in my most authentic and real way? Um, and sometimes those are ugly and that's okay too. I honor those moments where things are not beautiful and they don't sound great. Uh, and I think that that's important to be able to like really hone in on the new and good and make space and give capacity to what's new and good. Um, so many times I think, you know, it's, it's our, it's our nature. And for people like myself who are personal development junkies, we love to want to change things. We want to see transformation, but I think it's also important to take a step back and allow space for the transformation to happen without work actually happening. So I try to do that. I definitely try to like find stillness in my day, allow myself to feel and think and sometimes go really deep and sometimes get really ugly. But I think there's so much beauty in that because that brings out a lot of clarity of how I want to approach my day. And then I try to just keep my life relatively organized. I think organization helps and it's key to the chaos and the madness. Um, Like my inbox is like labeled with colors. It's kind of a little, (laughs) but I love it. Um, So those are some of the things that I do. And mindfulness is like one of those things that I think is super, super important. Do you listen to any like particular podcasts? Like, do you have any favorites out there right now? 
Currently, not right now. I mean, there's a influencer podcast, which I really love um, listening to from time to time. I have been going back and forth with audiobooks lately, though. Um, and one of them that I have been really, really into at the very moment is uh, Brene Brown's Rising Strong. Oh, I love that. Um, hers, I when I'm like all, all up in the moods and like feeling completely emo, like that's definitely one that I, I, I like love to tap back into. <laughs> I love that. Does she actually do the reading of it? Yeah. And I think that's what I love. It's like, I'm, I'm like hearing her voice, you know, and it's cool. Cause it's like, I like sit there and go, Oh my God, I could still have a conversation with you. We need to have some matcha. Like we need to. <laughs> <have some> matcha. <laughs> I love it. So, okay. I love how you set up your day. Um, you're obviously a very busy entrepreneur. You're a mom. How do you make time for the physical fitness part of your life? I mean, cause that's a huge part of your life. So yeah. how do you, what are your hacks for our listeners to, to get in those workouts and, and do a good job? Yeah. So I, I'm very intentional about getting it done first thing in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I make a little quick, easy meal that, and before I work out, I cannot work out without anything in my stomach. Um, and so it's, sometimes it's either like a protein shake that I've mixed up with oatmeal, or maybe it's like an egg white scramble with a side of brown rice or some kind of healthy carb to go along with it. And I'm actually eating that on the way to the gym. Um, and then I, I, I get my workout in before my body has a chance to actually wake up. <laughs> or at least I should say my mind has a chance to wake up and go, oh, Joe, you have like a shit ton of things to do today. Um, or sometimes what I really do is like I, I go into my office and I turn on my yoga app and roll out my mat and just connect with my mat and yoga. And for me, I think like um, I read something, one of my friends and I were, were talking about this. He's actually my husband's life coach. And he said something like movement or exercise is just movement for you to shift energy and stale energy out of your body. Mm. And when he said that to me, that's when it like fully connected that, oh my God, movement no longer has to be this traditional bodybuilding sense of what I used to do or like the hard training that I used to do. Movement just means move. Like that's it. It just means to move stale energy that's in our body that sat there stagnant. And so, you know, I always encourage my clients, especially busy moms to just first five, 10 minutes of the day, move your body. That could be like 20 burpees or whatever, just to get your blood going. And then just start building that practice before your mind can catch up with what your body's doing. And then it just becomes a routine. So I squeeze it in first thing in the morning before anything else. If it doesn't happen first thing in the morning, then I commit to some sort of movement in the afternoon. And that might be yoga for me. And that that's also okay. And that's something I've had to unlearn and relearn that even yoga is an exercise for my body. I love that you just said that because I was exactly the same way. Like I was a hardcore runner. I played soccer for 18 years. Like if I wasn't going like balls to the wall, then I was like, oh, I'm just wasting my time. Like this. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean the whole no pain, no gain thing, right? Like that is such a, 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 a phrase that's ingrained in us thinking that like, oh my God, well, if I didn't sweat, if I didn't burn 500 calories and that workout wasn't worth it. And it's like, 
but maybe the workout isn't actually working out. Maybe the workout is like something that you need to just work within. Like maybe, maybe it's literally like an inward work, not like an outward work. That's so true. That's so true. And then you see like, you know, people who really do slow it down and and get into a yoga practice, like the pounds melt off and you realize like it was never the calories in calories out. It was like almost like this energetic holding on of, of baggage, baggage, like on your body. I mean, it's the craziest thing because honestly, like, I feel like I eat more now than I ever have. And I'm doing way, 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 way less. Yeah. It's really It's crazy. Um, I have been getting really, really into um, like the energetics of the body, meaning like the pain points and the struggles. Like some of my clients will talk to me about certain pain ailments or, you know, whatnot. And since they understand that I like, you know, I'm a holistic health coach. So I, I'm going to talk about connectivity. I'm going to talk about their spirituality. I always like ask, well, you know, you're, if you're having knee issues, like your knees signify motion and movement in life, where do you feel stuck? Mm. And like, those are things when they start to go, Oh shit, like here is X, Y, Z, this. And so it's really interesting to know how the body holds on to energy and why we hold on to it. Absolutely. I find that so fascinating. It is really fascinating. One of the studies that I, or one of the things that I came across was like our core, right? Like our core, you know, in yoga, people know our core is like our solar plexus, our power, our truth, right? And so they say when people hold on to extra weight in our core, it's because we're holding on to a truth that we haven't quite yet spoken yet. And like, it's almost like our body is like trying to protect us from I don't want to say speaking it, but we're holding on to it. So we're just going to pack it on. Right. And like when, I, when I read that, I was like, oh, that's powerful and really deep. And not very many people are ready to open up that gateway for work there. <laughs> I think you just started it. <laughs> I may have. <laughs> I love it. I love people it. Are start, people are going to start, your readers and listeners are going to start Googling like, what is this energetic cause to my left shoulder pain? <laughs> Absolutely. Like I heard another one, like the back is if, if your back goes out and like you had no reasons, like you weren't working in the yard or something like it's a support issue. Like uh-huh. you're not feeling supported. Like that's, yeah. I think that that's true. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's so crazy. I, uh, I read somewhere that the right shoulder is like responsibility and for, for a while I was dealing with the right shoulder issues. And then, um, you know, we're moms, right? So it's like, of course, we're worried about our kids, their kids' futures. Like, how are you going to support that as a parent? Mm -hmm. And I was working through some of that with somebody and I'd mentioned to her about my right shoulder. And she just was like, could you, do you think that there's like this worry that you have about like your older daughter's future and like the responsibility that you own there? And you know, the moment she said that and the moment I said it out loud, I kid you not, like the weeks later, my right shoulder started to feel better. Oh. And I was like, ew, that's what I was holding on to. That makes a lot of sense. Like it makes a lot of sense, but damn, it was that simple. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it always is. Like it's the simplest things, but it's so damn hard to. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Man. So what's something that, I mean, what's the biggest takeaway that you want our listeners to walk away from, from our talk today? I was going to say, what's the biggest takeaway you want them to know about nutrition and health, but I feel like we got into so much more. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest takeaway that um, I want you know, our, our listeners to like know is that as women, our, our intuitions are very powerful. 
And our inner voices are something that we shut down constantly as women because of our obligations to all the other things that we put into our life. I think the moment that we can see our obligations as choices that we place into our life, then we're able to really unleash that intuition. And that intuition can be a gateway for you to understand how to move freely with your life and how to feel healthier with your life and how to seek healthier relationships and opportunities that create more meaning and depth. And so I think that's probably the biggest thing that I want people to understand is that little voice that we always shut out. There's a reason why that little voice is there. So start listening to it. Yeah, I love that. So true. So I do have some rapid fire questions if you're ready. Awesome. Ready? Health and wellness is? Mm -hmm. Feeling freedom and harmony in one's life. Oh, I love that. Balance to me means? Balance to me is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, my God. Um, I hate the word balance. So balance to me is bullshit. But harmony is something that I seek for. And to me, harmony is all the highs and lows and the beautiful sounds that our lives make that create this amazing song. Oh, wow. I believe in. Love. Mm, I'm grateful for. Sunshine. Mm. Love is. Love is depth. Uh, Love is... Love is a feeling that one cannot explain because it's unconditional. It knows no bounds and it feels all things. Love moves, moves all things and moves lives and directions we would have never knew existed until we can feel love. Wow. And my last question is, what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, I have this quote, it's in my office and it's one that I think I wrote. I think that came about somehow, but it was like basically a life lesson that, you know, I hold on to so deep and it's intentional and it's my own intention, but you are allowed to be, be to be messy and beautiful at the same time. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I think if someone told me that when I was younger, I would have been, I would have had a better understanding of the chaos, you know? Yeah. And I think too, especially you know, our listeners, everyone wants to be better and appear better than they probably are feeling in that moment, but to realize that it's okay. And it's a beautiful thing. Life is a beautiful mess. So thank you so much for sharing that. I really, yeah, you're so welcome. And okay, so how can people find you if they want to follow you or potentially work with you? Yep. So um, you can check out my website, www.gofitjoe, that's G-O-F-I-T-J-O.com. And I am am at gofitjoe on all things social media. So Instagram is at gofitjoe, um, Twitter, which I rarely use. But yeah, that's all my social handles. Love it. This was such a different conversation that I thought it was going to go, but I, <laughs> I I enjoyed it so, so much. And I just, oh, appreciate, I appreciate you so, so much. So thank you for being oh, here and sharing you. your light. 
Oh, you're so, so welcome. Thank you for giving me space. Thank you for inviting me into your own space. I really appreciate it. Hey guys, thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you love this episode with Joe. I don't know how you couldn't. She's amazing. Um, if you haven't already, go check her out on Instagram. She's under the handle GoFitJoe. Uh, I get daily inspiration from her. She's truly an authentic, real person. Um, I think you can tell right away that she's the real deal. Um, and if you love this episode, please don't hesitate to leave it a five-star review if you haven't already. Again, that does so much for the ratings and getting the word out. Uh, what also really helps with getting the word out is when you share it. So please don't hesitate to share this episode with a friend. If you access this podcast on Apple, um, I think on the bottom right-hand corner, if you have got the episode pulled up, there's three dots and you can share it via text message or email. It's super duper easy and I would be really appreciative. So thank you. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Motherhood Unstress CBD Supplements. These are the supplements that are going to help you battle stress and anxiety in a natural way that's going to make you feel grounded and calm and ready to take on the day. I'd also like to thank our sponsor for Sigmatic. These are the medicinal mushrooms. I add them to my coffee every single morning. I never miss a morning and I feel amazing all day long. Cordyceps are amazing for energy and sex drive. The chaga is amazing for immunity and the reishi is amazing for sleep. So if I want to be able to sleep at night, I just add it to my tea and I'm good to go. Um, I also like to thank the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. This is the school that I went to. Um, I can't, I really can't thank them enough. I mean, going to that school absolutely changed the course of my life. Like I already was super interested in health and wellness before joining. I think that's a pretty normal thing for a student and why they would want to join. But what I learned ended up opening my mind in so many different ways and also gave me a really intense business acumen. So learning about business and marketing through them also was incredibly helpful and is really the reason why I'm doing all the things that I'm doing now is because I was exposed to amazing teachers and, and I had the support there that I needed. So if you're interested in checking them out, head on over to my website. I've got a sample class you can look at. I've got a sample curriculum. And if you do end up on a discovery call with IAN, mention my name, Elizabeth Carlisle, and you will get almost $1,000 off, if not more, uh, from your tuition. Um, they work a lot with affiliates and referrals. So let me be that for you and save you some money and help you on your path to learning more about health and wellness and then being able to create a ripple effect in the lives of others.